Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Today, you are in for a treat. I have invited back my dear friend, Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart coach, who was on the show in season one back in the fall of 2019. And I'm just honored that she's agreed to come back on the show and have this conversation with me and go to a very candid place of her own, of a time in which she felt alone. And my friends, this is for you. If you are in a place right now where you've made a choice, something that you know would better your life, and now you find that you're in some dark spaces, that you're feeling alone, that you're basically living and breathing and being offered the opportunity to thrive in the consequences of a choice that you're making, or maybe you're fearing a choice. Maybe you're fearing finally making that decision because you're afraid it's going to turn out messy. This is the episode for you. So without delay, here's my conversation with my friend, Aaron Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart coach. Aaron Harrigan, welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you back for season four. Oh my gosh. You know, I was just thinking about the last time that you and I, because, you know, I was a guest on your podcast and you were yeah. a guest on mine. And I feel like it was so long ago. And so much has changed mm -hmm. for each of us, but also like we barely knew each other then. And now you're totally my like, I know, wisdom, faith, bestie. And I love you so much. So thanks for I, having me. Yeah. No, it's so, it's <laughs> so, so true. And, Gosh, I'm trying to think, like, how long ago was that? Was that, were you on season one of the show? I feel like, I honestly, honestly can't you remember. You know what? I was on your show, hmm, I think it was the fall of 2019 because we then worked together because yeah. you so amazingly stepped in to edit my book, and that was early 2020, so... So it was before that. Yeah. So it must have been in season yeah. one then because I yeah. didn't I didn't even launch the show until August of 2019. So and I remember no. us talking about that when Jesse yeah. introduced us. So shout out yeah. to Jesse Kretzer for her yes. making this connection. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, my friend, this season we're talking about something that is uh, significant to every person that I've ever known, every person that I've met um, at some point in their lives. And it's become quite the buzzword in 2020 with social isolation being the predominant force in most of our lives. And that's the idea of being alone. And uh, as you know, we don't seek to just wallow in our misery here on this show. We talk about how we use those alone spaces to grow, to thrive. And uh, so I, I'm just going to ask you to be as candid as you'd like to be. What is something that you have felt alone in in your life? Yeah, you know, I really thought about this as as you and I talked before. And I could pick, you know, something from my marriage or something from, mm -hmm. you know, whenever. Mm -hmm. But what kept coming up for me was a situation in business. So, um let me unpack that and yeah. I I don't know who will hear this, but I hope that it will bless someone who hears it, but it might make some other people uncomfortable. So in 2010, I started a network marketing business. Okay. And for the first time, I think in my career, I sort of had this tribe of people. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes if you follow network marketing companies, you know, they talk a lot about finding your tribe, finding your tribe. And I love to do business and be with my tribe and my community right. and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I 
there were so many times in the early days of that, that I felt that so strongly. Like I remember going to retreats and things and calling my husband just in tears. Like, I'm so grateful that I found this opportunity mm. and it's going to help me get out of corporate and whatever. So my business so like grew this quickly, belonging. Um, belonging, total belonging. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but so much, you know, so much bigger than like, friendship because you're sort of doing life and doing your dreams together, yeah, right? Because yeah. most of the time people get into a business like that because they have this, this huge why of what they want to change in their life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's like, it's even, I don't know, like you just become like a family yeah, and for sure. the family that you, the family that you choose, you know, yeah. versus the one you're born into sometimes. Right. So my business grew really, really fast mm -hmm. and I was planning my exit strategy for corporate and <clears throat> got downsized um, two years into my business. Uh, but I was like, this is great because now I'm just going to build this business. And interestingly, my business started to go backwards to the point that I lost a title. I lost a level. Okay. And as that was happening... Well, the, break this down for us for just a second, though, Erin. What was going yeah. on at the time? What were you changing? Had you changed your strategy? What had changed on your end when you, or if anything? At that point, nothing had changed on my end. Mm -hmm. I was just doing, doing, doing. And because my yeah. business seemed to start to slow and people were leaving my business, I just mm -hmm. put my head down and I kept going because that's what I do. And yeah. that's really what it was lauded in the business. Like you just got to keep going and you just got to, you just need to do more. And like, you're doing the right things. You just need more of them. Right. So I was doing that. But as my business started to go backwards, which I know now in hindsight, God was really shifting me. Yeah. Um, it became very lonely. And, and the mm. reason this sticks out to me is because suddenly as my business started to go backwards and I was like, like, I, I'm doing this kind of motion because it was like I was struggling to hold on. Like I was pulling, like pulling, grasping pulling, like, at straws. Uh, yeah. Grasping at all of it and grasping yeah. all the loose ends to say, if I just pull it in, if I just pull it in. Yeah. But as that started to unravel and then I was approaching losing this prestigious, if you will, title, hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Like my, my upline made it very clear that we don't talk about those things because those things are negative and we and talk about thriving mm. thoughts, right? Like we don't, we don't have those negative conversations. We are only talking about positive and, and you're going to get it back and you're just going to keep working. And, and it was you almost know, like at that moment, go ahead. I, I, I just want to touch on that because that is something that people misconstrue about the world of thriving right? Like it's this buzzword. I, I mean, you've got Thrive Cosmetics, you've got, you know, you see it in pharmaceutical commercials, this woman running through the yep. fields of whatever, and she's like thriving, right? And and we yeah. think that's all supposed to be positive. And those two are not synonymous, right? right? Thriving is growth. Actually, I just texted somebody yeah. this the other day, a coaching client yesterday. I texted him and I said, you know, growth is like, Thriving is like ossification, with which if you don't know what ossification is, if you've had a teenager, if you've been a teenager, you know, it's where the bones literally start to break and kind of remold themselves. And it's referred to colloquial, colloquially as growing pains, right? That's a process yes. of, 
of ossification where the bones literally are shifting and it causes a lot of pain, but the person is growing. That is what thriving looks like. So go ahead. Yeah. No, I love that. No, I so love that because it's this sort of mantra of like, we're just going to replace a negative thought with a positive thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you do. That's what you do. Um, so where the loneliness hit was when I lost that title and then I was not really, I felt allowed to talk about it, everything shut off. Now that was, that was phase one of everything shutting off. And what I mean by that is I was suddenly like not included in some things, but included in other things. Um, so like you were you know, relegated kept being to told. an entire different status. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the first sort of wave of that loneliness is. Mm-hmm. I think where, where sort of the darkest aloneness was is as God began to shift me. And, and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is just before I lost my title, I had a desperate conversation with a mentor who said, you know, hold on, stop. Yeah. <laughs> you are wrapping your identity in all of this yeah. and you don't know who you are or whose you are. Yeah. Um, and she began to talk to me about having a relationship with Jesus. And then mm. I I accepted Christ. That's not everybody's story. That's mine. And that began to shift how I looked at mm-hmm. business and how I showed up in business and how I did thing in business. And this whole idea of this driving and doing, doing, doing more, God was like, no, no. Yeah. So then as I began to show up differently in my business, that's where the deepest, darkest loneliness happened because mm-hmm. people didn't understand it. People didn't want me talking about God. People didn't want me training on, yeah. on event at events because I was not at that level. And I was speaking this language of, you know, sometimes God calls us to rest. In fact, it is a command. And mm-hmm. if we rest and mm-hmm. we surrender our business to him, it switches from what I call, um, you know, self-centered to God-centered or, yeah. you know, this mantra of it is, if it is to be, it's up to me. I see that as if it is to be, it's up to he. And that was very mm-hmm. uncomfortable for leadership. So suddenly mm-hmm. I wasn't included in any of that. Yeah. And because it, it didn't fit the narrative. It was going, it didn't fit the narrative. And even yeah. as I was going through the growing pains, growing mm-hmm. in a different way, it was very, I was very, very alone. Yeah. I wouldn't say that at the time it was the cancel culture that we have today, but if mm-hmm. I think about it now, it would felt I'm sh- and and I don't n- you know what know how people feel in that situation, but I feel like I was being shut out. I feel like so suddenly, right? I had this incredible tribe and suddenly yeah. it was almost like no, you're not allowed to speak to that person. And if I think back, Sherry, I can remember people leaving the company that I was in and going to another company. And I remember us being told you need to block them on all social media because they will go take your clients. And that made sense to me. So that's what I did. But now that I think about it, I'm like, man, how lonely were those people to go from this incredible community to nothing? Yeah. Because they made a choice that was best for them. It, well, it's, it's exactly what cancel culture is. If you're not staying in line, right, with what we think you should be doing, with how we think you should be doing it, then you're a different status. You are of lower class, essentially. Completely. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So it's funny when, when we talked about this <clears throat> and I was thinking like, when, when was I really lonely? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, it was this feeling of, I left high school behind. Like I didn't need the yeah. drama of the girl yeah. drama of like, yeah. you're included, you're not included. Mm-hmm. But, but like at 40, however old I was. So that was 2016. So that was five years ago. So at 48, uh-huh. suddenly this, this five, six year community that I had been par- part of that had seen the worst of me and the best of me and loved yeah. me through it. It was like, oh no, we can't love you through this. No, wow. you, you're on your own. Nobody said that. I want to be clear. Nobody said that, but that's yeah. what it felt like. But that's what, and that's legitimate. And that's why we're talking about this because somebody on the outside might not understand, like, you know, why would you, especially if, and maybe you can let us in a little bit to the specifics of, of this um, kind of ML, MLM, I guess that's what it's called multi-level marketing culture, right? Because you are not the first person I've talked to that felt like they were canceled and 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 stabbed in the back even by people that were supposed, you know, you go back to what you were talking about. I go to, I went to these conferences and I was excited and I was like, oh, I belong and I'm part of the club and like, this is a place for me. And then suddenly you weren't, you were ostracized. Not right. And I do want to I do want to be clear because I hear it a lot in the circles I'm in as well. First and foremost, that I think that MLM gets a bad rap. Yes. Just like I think anything gets a bad rap because there are human beings involved in it, right? That's right. So yeah, that's I right. think that it's I don't I don't think that that's true everywhere. In mm-hmm. fact, I know incredibly beautiful, thriving, and growing through the pain, through yeah. the good, through the bad organizations, both yeah. in my company. The company, which I'm, I'm still in, but peripherally, um, I know incredible organizations and yeah. incredible love. So it's not everybody, mm-hmm. um, but but it's there. Yeah. A- and for those who are on the other side who may be listening and they're like, oh, you're giving MLM a bad rap. I just want you to step back and think, yeah. have I said these things or have I acted this way or have I chastised mm. someone? You know, wh- the, the the next level of that is we made the decision um, to go for me to go back to work. And mm-hmm. I was terrified to tell anybody that because a, I thought, well, now people are going to think I'm a fraud, right? Because this thing that I've been telling everybody about doesn't really work. And, mm-hmm. and B all of these people in this tribe who had already just dis- moved on from me would be like, Oh, Right. She decided to go back to work. Right. And the reason I know, like that's yeah. not just me making it up. It's because I had conversations with people in my organization when people that I knew chose to leave and, you know, go mm-hmm. on and do mm-hmm. some other business. Like that MLM was a stepping stone for them where we said, oh, well, they just, you know, they just didn't want it bad enough. They, they weren't right. willing to work it. They weren't willing right. to face their stuff. They wouldn't get out of their own way. So I I was like, I physically cannot tell these people this because I will be so chastised. And so did you ever tell anybody? Were you chastised? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, was I chastised? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, nobody ever said that to my face. I remember reaching back out to the mentor who through whom I, I came to Christ. And um, I had like a five minute conversation with her and she mm-hmm. said, stop. Are you trying to tell me that you got a job? Like, 
Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because I feel like you're trying to tell me, but you don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. And she said, yeah. Aaron, this is your life. Take care of your family. Like, why yeah. are you afraid to say that out loud? And it, I, I didn't even realize that I was doing it to that extent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. A couple of things, uh, questions that are coming up for me. One is it's really fascinating to me, this uh, duality of thought, not even a duality of thought, a singularity of thought, but uh, saying something different. So I think in a lot of these MLMs, I, I would guess that most are comprised of women mostly women. Um, I know there are some, you know, that are more specific with men, but I know it's a, it's a big deal. And I know that people uh, feel that sense of community. They feel that sense of belonging. And I know that most of them espouse the belief that women must support women. Women must encourage women, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's this idea that women, <clears throat> many women, not all, have dealt with for years of the imposter syndrome, you know, of you, who are you to do this, sure. right? Yes. And so, and so we, we come into this group, we come into this space where we have this belonging and they're going, who are you, you know, like Marianne Williamson, who are you not to do this? Who are you to play small, right? right. Like you, who you, yeah, yes, yeah, you can, yeah. as long as you stay in line. And here's, yes. here's the, uh, the, this leads into the second part. And then I just want you to take it away. But the second part of that is this shift happened on the heels or simultaneously as you making a life altering, bettering, eternally impactful decision for yourself. And you would think when you make a decision like that, oh, like, Oh man, this is the best thing ever. I, my life should reflect that. So I think there's also that, you know, becoming a new believer that mm -hmm. having this kind of maybe alone space with this is what life's supposed to be like after I make that decision. So just those two things, women supporting women and then, you know, becoming a believer and then wham, right. Right. And I love what I love that point that you just made because so I'm an achiever. Uh -huh. Um, for those who know know the Enneagram um sort of personality quiz or what have you, I'm an Enneagram three. So achievement okay. is very important to me. Okay. And um making an impact is very important to me and and being organized and check it off. So when I accepted Christ in October 2014, I was like, oh, that's it. That that's the magic like step like right there's the secret sauce i've done it <laughs> there's the and um life. yeah and i which yeah. and i knocked out my headset and i thought this is i, I got it but then things didn't change like it seemed yeah. to get a little darker and darker, yeah, 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 and, darker. Yeah. and the two things that happened that came up for me was one is now i know sanctification and and the transformation you know it, it doesn't always like, it doesn't just happen like that. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. God, there was so much that God needed to peel away to get mm -hmm. to me being fully surrendered. And I, and I called my mentor and I was like, Hey, listen, okay. I did this. I did this. I did this. And she said, like, 
that this isn't a checklist. This is a relationship with your creator who knows who knit you in your womb, who, um, made you for work predestined for certain things and yeah. who knows every hair on your head who owns a cattle on a thousand hills like mm-hmm. this isn't a checklist right right? <laughs> right so yeah and the woman women supporting women is it is quite a fascinating there there's two pieces of that it's so fascinating that this sort of underlying if if i dare say bully culture exists yeah yeah, yeah. um and that we are so quick to judge what anybody's choice is yeah. in their life. You know, I spent a lot of time early on, like poo-pooing the corporate life, which I still am not a fan of the corporate life, but I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you need to get out of that. Well, but, but some people might love that. But yeah. I was making people, I was saying things that probably made people feel less than and, yeah, you know, right. unworthy because they were choosing to work. And and I've heard other people say it. In fact, there's a there's a leader I know who said so she was full-time, she went part-time, she left her job, and then last year she went back. Uh-huh. And there's so many reasons why she went back that she tells like but who cares? Who cares? Why do I have to excuse that she to you? She feels like she has or to anyone. justify it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, so yeah. you were alone in your choice. And what I what I think is really powerful about that is it's so true. When we make choices based upon the convictions of our heart, of our, you know, look, let's just break this down a little bit. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, if you feel like something isn't right in your life, it's because you know there's a decision that you need to make, but you haven't made it yet. And I think one of the fears is when I do that, everything's going to change. And I don't know how it's going to change, but it's going to change, right? And to be alone in the consequence of your choice, even if you know it's the best decision for you, that's what I hear you Mm -hmm. saying is that you found yourself alone in the consequences of a choice and not even the consequences of a bad for you choice, in the consequences of a great for you choice. Yes. Yes. And I, and it, to me, it speaks to this whole idea that as we make choices for ourselves or we start to go in a direction, they talk about this a lot in MLM and, and other like sort of personal development. It's like when mm-hmm. you start to go this way, when you start to be true to yourself, for me, yes. when you start to be true to God's path, yeah, um, people are going to fall off because- yes. They either are very uncomfortable because you're yeah. no longer in that box that they put mm-hmm. you in mm-hmm. or that you allowed yourself to be in. And it brings up for them, it, it shines a light on things in themselves yeah. that they're not comfortable with. Oh, yeah. And that's true of any choice, mm-hmm. any decision mm-hmm. that we make, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and in the aftermath of that loneliness, I can look back probably over the last four years and see where I've like tried to go back in, mm-hmm. but it's not right. And I step out and I try to go yeah. back in, yeah. but it's not right. And I step out and there was, it's interesting in this pandemic. Um, there was, you know, I think that this pandemic brought a lot of things to the surface for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten to see how people we know and love um, how they show up. And so mm-hmm. I, 
had the incredible opportunity to witness some interactions and some behavior that finally allowed me to break that off. And I tell, can stand uh, back more. and go. Um, I witnessed some behavior, some reactions, okay. some interactions, not just not necessarily around, you know, the pandemic or racial injustice or those things, but just in the midst of all of that, that made me go, huh, I didn't know that was somebody's thought. I didn't know okay. that they felt that way. I didn't mm -hmm. know that they would show up this way. And mm -hmm. I, I don't agree with that. Okay. I love them, mm -hmm. but I don't agree with it. So I'm going to extract myself yeah. and let that relationship be what it is and, yeah. and move on. And yeah. I never had done that before because before I was still sort of holding on to this tethering. Um, and so I, oh, that's it's interesting. Good. My word for 20, yeah, my word for 2021 is unleash. So now I can look at it and go, I unleashed myself from mm -hmm. holding those where I was anchored or where I kept coming back to because I so badly wanted to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. I, that doesn't, that doesn't meld with my values. Yeah. So I'm going to step out of this. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that we, um, certainly one of the reasons that we get decision delay or decision fatigue is because we're afraid of the mess the decision is going to make. We don't know what the mess is that's going to happen. And right. and here's the beautiful thing, and I want to ask you this. So when you make a decision, there's always consequences. People think of consequences as bad things, but consequences is just what happens after you do something. That's it. It could be a great exactly. consequence yeah. or a bad consequence, right? So consequences get a bad rep too. And people try to cancel them in their lives all the time, right? Like, I don't want to have consequences. So they they don't That's move right. forward. They don't grow. They don't thrive. They don't go through that painful experience. So what was your journey when you found yourself in this alone space and Maybe you didn't even realize that until years after that that's kind of where you were. But what was your journey from kind of tiptoeing around the alone spaces and not really naming it, calling it for what it was, and and then learning that, oh, I, I was feeling alone. I was feeling abandoned. I was feeling accused. I was feeling, you know, cast outside of the city gates, whatever it is you were feeling, rejected, Um then, then being able to not tiptoe around that, but embrace it and use it to learn about yourself. So what was your journey there? Yeah, I think it, it took a while um, because I feel like I wallowed in this dark loneliness for mm -hmm. probably a good four years. Like if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. it probably was a good four years. Um, so it probably began in 2015 and then really ramped up, you wow. know, 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and there, you know, there were things happening in my life, like a financial crisis that my mm -hmm. husband and I were going through or getting ready for my kids, to, my you know youngest to graduate and go away to college and whatever, that mm -hmm. I suddenly didn't have these friendships that I thought I had that I could go to yeah. that, that were my like steadfast, yeah. you know, ride or die. They like rode off. <laughs> so I think it took me probably, honestly, I think it took me until 2019 and starting to go into 2020 and even until recently mm -hmm. to really embrace 
Like, oh, that's what was happening. So I think in the midst of it, um, I just, there was a lot of me questioning like, but how do I, how do I change this? How do I take charge of this? How do I make it different? How do I, how do I reinvigorate these friendships? How do I, yeah. More comfortable for me and and for them. Yes. And how yes. do I help them know? Like I still love you and whatever. Right. There so there was a lot of that. But I feel like in 2019, where it started to come together for me. So in 2019, I started um my my hustle with heart brand coaching podcast, etc., to help women do what I did, which is bridge faith and business and make God their business partner. Yeah. Um but it wasn't until I started to talk about it and to write about it yeah. and I started to you know, start to build my book and, and that kind of thing. For me, writing is a – I didn't know that writing was a big thing for me, but writing is a big way where I get all of that out. Okay. Um, it really wasn't until then that I started to mm. write about it and ask the Lord, like, show yeah. me. Like, why, mm. you know? And And what kept coming up for me was – you're not alone. Yeah. Now my family right. walked this out with me and they know, and you know, so I have my family, but it was still was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kept coming up when I would journal about it and pray over it is God would say, you're not alone. Like, yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. here. Anchor mm-hmm. to me, anchor to me, anchor to right. me. And I think that's where I began to learn as I was, building my relationship with the Lord and checking the box to say, yep, I got that. I got that. Oh yeah. I do that every day that he started to peel back further. And as he peeled back more layers, I began to learn like, oh wow, I really hadn't gotten over that. Or, oh wow, I do really still feel lonely about that. Hmm, What is that about? So I think to me, that's really been the journey. And honestly, it wasn't until yesterday when you and I talked about this topic that I, and I was trying to think, think like what was really the loneliest. That was it. Yeah. yeah. This is the loneliest. And listen, I'm the oldest of four kids, single mom. Like there were certainly lonely times when I was a kid for sure. And there were certainly, you know, times in college or whatever, but nothing impacted me. I think as significantly Mm -hmm. as that loneliness. Right there. Yeah. And thank you for being so candid and sharing your heart with us because I I know that it's resonating with people listening and watching. Um, And here's what I want to ask you How did you grow from the place of, you know, when when we lose relationships, when relationships change, we, being egotistical, self centered creatures, typically make that about us, right? And, And not in a good way. Always. Right. Not in a good way where we we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. Right. Like that. (laughs) Right. Right. So (sighs) I think like, how did you how long for you? How did you learn to go from, oh, my gosh, like, am I just a pariah? Is there something wrong with me? Like if I was just different, then this wouldn't be this way to what they're doing has nothing to do with me. When did, how did you make that shift? Um, I think I made that shift definitely through prayer and journaling. Mm -hmm. I made that shift talking with, interestingly, a few really close 
friends who are faith sisters, very strong in their relationship with Christ, who are in the same business, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. not in the same organization, but in the same business, um, who helped me see like, this isn't, this isn't you, okay. you know, yeah. and helped me understand that like when God calls you a different direction, you go like, yeah, if yeah. you're truly surrendered right? To his purpose for you. So I think it took me, I think it took a lot of face down on the floor, crying on my carpet um, moments, (laughs) face down before the Lord. Um, I think in, and I think it took some very key conversations in some key relationships that I don't know if I would have had as those deep relationships, Mm -hmm. if I had kept going the route that I was going in part of that yeah. tribe because I would never have let those relationships in. Okay. So, okay. So that leads right into my next question, which is what did you, you know, thriving is all about growing and learning, prospering, flourishing like a beautiful flower. So what did you beautiful flower learn about yourself in from this alone space? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I learned I'm never really alone. Mm-hmm. And that, the most powerful relationship I have is with Christ. And therefore, like the power of that outweighs everything. So mm. I learned that I'm never alone. Um, the second thing that I learned is, you know, our purpose is to love. Yeah. And so I learned how do I step back and just love in fact, mm-hmm. I have a sign on my wall I'm looking at now. It says just love. Like, how do I love those people that mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, left me behind? How do I love those and um, and ask forgiveness from those yeah. that perhaps I made feel that way? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I just show up in love mm. and, and learning that, you know, I am just as guilty of some of those things. Like, yeah, I don't have right. a place to judge, right? Yeah. Um. And I would say the other thing that I learned is um, I like change does not bother me. Okay. But I like to have all my ducks in a row. <laughs> and sometimes not only right. are they not in a row, like they're not even ducks. Right. right. So, yeah. so I learned that to fully live this precious life that God has yeah. given us. Yeah. It, it's not going to be the way it looks on paper. Like, like yeah. I have to allow for that change and I have to feel it. I have to allow myself. I just did a video the other day to feel the burn. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders uh, or Bernie. Ah. Right. Is that right? Bernie. Is yeah. that right? Did I get yes. Yeah. Okay. And I don't even know how I thought he made it like, into this conversation, but I can now picture him. Because with when mitten. I think feel the burn, I think that was like his, logo or something, his tagline, feel the burn. But what I realize is that it's never going to be perfect and it's not supposed to be. And I have to allow myself to feel the feelings, to feel the hurt, to feel the loneliness, to feel the ugliness of it. Because in that, in in that feeling the hurt and allowing that emotion, the healing begins. And the thriving happens. Yes. And the thriving happens because it's just like this. You're in that darkness. Think of yourself as the seed planted. Well, you don't plant a seed and then the next day necessarily it 
it blooms, right? Like right. if you're in this darkness, I've seen this written somewhere. Like if you feel like you're in the darkness, perhaps God has planted you, mm-hmm. Be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so to allow myself to be planted and, mm-hmm. and embrace it so that yeah. I can heal through it. And I literally just, that happened, that idea just came up for me the other day. Mm. <laughs> so that's how long it's been. <laughs> right. Right. No. And thank you for your honesty. I'm a, you know, I'm a slow learner myself, but um, I'm just now actually um, learning from, it's interesting, feeling the burn, um, list, leaning into the feelings. I did a video the day before you did a video called Feel the Burn, but it was feeling the burn of changing your thoughts and how when that happens, you're going to feel like it doesn't work and like stay with it. Like right. don't, don't back out of it. Right. Well, so anyway, I just love how like on the same page we are and we don't even talk ab- about that kind of stuff. Um, and now I forgot I where I that. was going with that. How do I do that? I, you know, just how, what did on. I learn? Yeah. You asked me that. What did I learn about myself in that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what your other question I don't know. I don't know. It must not have been that important. Important. It, well, it was important. It was about um, how did you take that? I'm going to like kick myself now, but that's okay. How did you take what you've learned and you're still learning and how has that changed you and how has that changed how you do business? And then you can segue into what you do and tell us what you do. Yeah. I I think it actually for me goes beyond business. So, um, okay, good. Every year, every year I do one word mm-hmm. and pray and pray and pray over it. And this year, you know, you when you walk through the one word process, it has you ask, what do you need? Uh, I don't know. It's three questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you need? What do you want to be different? Whatever. And what came up for me was not that I, there isn't anything I need, but I want to, I want to let go and let life right? Mm-hmm. Let go and let life happen. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that not just in my business, but in the way that literally in the way that I nag my husband or the way that mm-hmm. I want to protect my adult daughters, yeah. you know, my daughters are very independent and they're very different, but I'm always like, Oh, I want there to be peace. Right. And then I, and it, it, in some things that I was reading about being the parent of adult children, um, you know, like they got to learn and how can they learn if we protect them? So anyway, what came up was coming up for me was this idea of release, like releasing my control and releasing my handle on everything and releasing, releasing. And then in the shower, which is besides like walking or running is where all of my Holy Spirit moments happen. Um, he, he gave me the word unleash. Okay. And so what that means for me in this context is allowing myself to feel that hurt, allowing mm-hmm. myself to acknowledge it, allowing mm-hmm. myself to acknowledge my part in it, meaning yeah. Yeah. I'm not responsible for them, mm-hmm. but I am responsible for being so tethered yeah. to that tribe yeah. that yeah. I allowed it to push me into such loneliness, not mm-hmm. allowed it. And so I have to unleash myself for that. So that's where this learning has really gone for me. Mm -hmm. Like, How do I show up in my business in a way that allows other women to be unleashed from that and helps them feel, I do a group coaching and um, 
I say that it really provides us the ABCs, which is accountability, mm-hmm. belonging, and mm-hmm. connection. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to provide a space that they don't feel lonely. Yeah. And that they absolutely. never feel judged and that mm-hmm. they feel like they can walk out God being their business partner yeah. without, you know, criticism or whatever, at least in one space in their life. Um, how do I show up for my daughters to just listen mm-hmm. versus trying to fix? Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. How do I show up for my husband um, to allow him to handle things the way he wants to handle it? Like it makes mm-hmm. me insane that he doesn't go to the grocery store with a with a list and that we overspend groceries. But you know what? That is his stinking joy. And right. I have to right. I have to unleash my hold on that. Because right. if I'm holding on to it too tightly, then I could turn ever so slightly and make those those people in my life feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And never feel yeah. enough and never feel like you're doing enough and all of the things that I felt. So yeah. I think that's how I've brought it forward um, into everyday life as well as into my business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. I love that. So, Hey, you've got tons of people watching and listening and I know you have some stuff to share with them, maybe about your book or about your group coaching rooted. What would you like to share with them today? So my business is, as the Hustle with Heart Coach, is truly teaching women to bridge faith and business to make God their most powerful business partner. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, they get the opportunity to feel, you know, this grace over grind and this surrender Mm -hmm. over self-reliance and um, Mm -hmm. progress over perfection and, and all of those things. So the way that people really can connect with me and get to know who I am before they Mm -hmm decide if they want to engage with me, um, yeah. check out my podcast. I have a podcast okay. called the hustle with heart podcast. Um, it is for God centered entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who want to make God their business partner. Um, but yes, and you it's go a to great show because you give tips and you give practice, you, you not, you not only give concepts, but you give practical insights into how to apply yeah. that. And so, and episodes are fairly quick. Um, Fairly yeah, they're short. like 15, I mean, they're, 20 minutes. Yeah, they're shorter than mine, except my mom. And then I have interviews. That. Yeah. Right. Well, the, and then I have guest interviews. I always love mm-hmm. to have um, once a month, I have a guest interview. Um, but if you go to AaronHarrigan.com, you can see the okay. book that I wrote um, called Pursuing Success God's Way, mm-hmm. A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart. Mm-hmm. So very practical, tangible steps. Yes. Um, I do have my rooted group coaching, which okay. is closed right now, but it'll open again in June, but kicking off, I don't know when this is airing, but registration is open for my seven week live course. So it takes the concepts of the book and breaks them down into a weekly class. Uh, And that class kicks off February 16th. So that registration is open right now. Um, Okay. But yeah, I mean, go check me out and you'll know right away if you know, you're, if you're in a place that you're like, yeah, I need more of that or not, you will know right right away. That's right. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Now, Aaron, you. You, you can't get out of this. I ask every guest this question and you're no exception. As we wrap up and close out the show today, what is one truth that you want the people listening and watching to remember and never forget when the show ends? You're never alone. And I know like for, you know, what I shared today, some people who are like alone, you know, they've been seeking the right relationship or whatever it is. They may be like, "Ugh, I don't need to hear, but you really, 
really are never alone. And I think that's hard to grasp because God is with you, but it feels like he's not tangible, Mm -hmm. but he truly, truly is there. So you're never fully alone, but I acknowledge and I see that people do really feel alone, especially right now. Well, and, and there's a difference between loneliness and being alone. True. One is a feeling, one is an actual state, right? And so I think it's acknowledging too, giving yourself permission to feel the burn of loneliness, that that's okay. It's legitimate to feel that way. Even if you're not truly alone, it's okay to feel that way from time to time. But use it to grow, flourish, prosper, all of that. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up today, Erin, that I did not ask you? No, I just, I love that you're tackling this topic because it is a hard, hard topic. And I think you've done an amazing job of having very, very transparent conversations. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's touching lives. So thank you for having the courage to take on this topic. You bet. Thank you for being a part of it. Absolutely. Anytime. That is some vulnerable stuff right there, friends. I know you received a blessing from that and you received some information for yourself about how it really is possible to grow from these really painful, dark, alone spaces. So if you have been encouraged by Erin's story, by her candor, please check her out. All the links are in the show notes, but go ahead and visit her website, erinharrigan.com. And my friends, don't forget that you can join my Thriving Thoughts texting community. You get three texts from me per week and you get to engage with me. And it's like having your own little personal Thriving Thoughts coach on this journey of life. All you need to do is text the word THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, 2540-369-2139. Hey friends, if you have been blessed by any episode even if it's just one episode of this show, Thriving Thoughts, would you do me the honor, and if you're an Apple Podcast user, would you do me the honor of writing a review? I would love to have more heartfelt, honest reviews from listeners like you because then it helps other people decide, hey, is this show for me? Or hey, is it not? I want them to know that, and I want them to know that from you, my faithful listeners. Thank you so much for supporting me and supporting the message of thriving alone. It is possible, friends. Until next time, remember to speak truth over the lies and you will thrive in any and every circumstance.